With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blog Talk Radio. Swing in a minute! Welcome to the Bless You Boys podcast. Uh, again, we're brought, uh, we're podcasting live during the MLB's winter meetings. Uh, this is Wednesday, December 11th, 2013, 3 p.m. I am your host, Al Beaton, co-managing editor of Bless You Boys. And we have the usual uh, usual suspects here to talk about Max Scherzer, Jabba Chamberlain, uh, and other types of rumors and news and so on and so forth. Uh, let's get the introductions out of the way so we can get right to talking about Max Scherzer, because that's what Kurt wants to get to. So first off, uh, we have another surprise guest. Well, the same surprise guest as uh, John Urkela had so much fun talking with us yesterday because he just happened to click on the wrong button. We had him back again. So uh, we have the Uber tones of John. How you doing, John? Very good, sir. I, I feel like Jose Alvarez getting called up for a spot start. Oh, I hope you do better. <laughs> <laughs> Also with us, as usual, is the man we know as Hook Slide. Hook Slide, how are things on the west side of Michigan? Still cold, still snowy, but uh, it's okay. And really, I'm just here today to listen to John. So right. <laughs> yeah. I find a, his, uh, his insights are indispensable. Yes, and let's get this out of the way. Let's talk about, we have to bring up, can you say Sinshu Chu? I hate you. <laughs> that, that, didn't right. sound, that, didn't, that didn't come out right, did it? <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, we have uh, co-managing editor of Bless You Boys, a columnist for the Detroit News. He's also a grand poobah at SB Nation and a renaissance man of the UP, and that is Kurt Menching. Kurt, how's things? Well, you know, uh, it's, it's still sunny in Marquette. It's colder than hell, and I'm wearing my pajamas. Ah, yes. And how far away are you from John, by the way? Well, well, John is, you know, in Iowa now. Uh, he was up in... How, how, you would have been from John, I should Yeah, well, it's about uh, two hours, uh, 20 minutes maybe, uh, you know, about 110, 120 miles. No, that's just I'm from Calumet, Michigan. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's get this out of the way. Uh, if you First off, if you want to ask any questions, which we'll, we'll take your questions at the end of the show, uh, please uh, hit us up on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYBpod. You can also give us a call if you want. That's how John got on the show, and that's 914-338-1798. If you say Baba Booey, we will hang up. All right. With that, guys, uh, the big topic was, well, will the Tigers trade Max Scherzer? Will the uh, Tigers sign Max Scherzer? Or we, hell, we don't even know at this point. 
we got conflicting reports, guys. First thing this morning, ESPN's Jason Stark reported the Tigers are reportedly telling teams they will not trade Max Scherzer, but, and they are not optimistic they can negotiate an extension, which, you know, that's like doom all over the place there for Tigers fans. But Yahoo's Jeff Persan, a couple hours later, uh, says otherwise, claiming the Tigers are not closing the door on trading Max Scherzer, the quote being, teams know he can be had. But he did add also, nothing seems imminent at the moment. Uh, Kurt, where do we start with this? Uh, I know you kind of you brought this up, uh, I believe, in a column on the Detroit News. You've written about this on Bless You Boys. Uh, the Scherzer, no one knows what's going on with Max Scherzer except, I think, for two people, and that's Mike Illich and Dave Dombrowski, and they're not talking. Right. I find it really hard to believe they would trade Scherzer after trading Fister. I think you mm-hmm. could do one or the other, and I thought Fister was the better one to do. Uh, because the return, I thought, should have been more, and it, it was disappointing, like we've said. Uh, I don't know how in the world you can expect to compete in 2014 after trading both Scherzer and Fister, unless you're getting a, a, a solid starting pitcher, a really good starting pitcher in return, who's going to step right in into Scherzer's spot. Uh, so I don't think they're going to trade him. I just I don't think it's possible. On the other hand, I, you know, and I've wrote this before, especially on Bless You Boys, and I've, I've said on Twitter that I, I do not believe they're going to keep him after 2014. I believe that will be his last year. He'll be a free agent, and, and he won't be back after that. Yeah, as, uh, and as Justin Rogers tweeted of MLive uh, earlier today, uh, based on what the Tigers got for Doug Fister, they should get three low-level prospects and two utility players for Scherzer. So, Kurt, you might be selling the Tigers short on this deal. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, uh, John, uh, what's your take on all this? Is uh, it, Do you think uh, an extension is out of the question at this point? Because if you ask me, it really looks like the Tigers have made a decision, and if they're going to invest long-term in someone, it's going to be Miguel Cabrera. Well, I think that the handwriting, in some respects, has been on the wall for a long time. I think it was maybe two seasons ago where mm-hmm. uh, Max hired Scott Boris. Yeah. And, you know, Scott Boris is the best agent in the business. I mean, he, and he has that designation for a reason. He gets the job done for his people. Um, but he takes people to free agency. So, I mean, it was always kind of a, you know, a 90% chance that Max Scherzer was going to get to free agency if he stayed a Tiger. Um, now, you know, a couple of Boris guys, I think, have re-upped in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of surprising. I think Elvis Andrews and uh, uh, Carlos Gomez. So, I guess it's possible that, you know, they have the rest of this year to, to work something out with Max. It could happen. But I think more realistically that you ride it out with him, hopefully get a fantastic season, have him propel you to another division title, and you take your chances with a draft pick and compensation next year. Um, the one thing I've always hated, though, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I've heard a few people say, oh, you can't trade a Cy Young winner. Uh, I, I don't agree with that. I, I think if the proper return is there, I think you do it. I mean, I think everybody has a price. Uh, that's not a big deal. You know, if someone had a, a demonstrably better year than Max this year, mm-hmm. I mean, is, is that – and, and that guy won the Cy Young. Does that suddenly make Max tradable? In their, you know, you know, in the eyes of folks who say that. So to me, the award means nothing. I just think that uh, you got one year of a good pitcher, and I think you write it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hook slide. This is one of those things where uh, I, I think an extension to Scherzer is pretty risky. Just in that, if you look at his past, it's a. He's really been pitched like a quote-unquote ace for maybe a year and a half or so. And there's and there's, there was always talk of Scherzer that they were nervous about his 
relatively uh, well hard on his arm delivery, saying he was an injury waiting to happen. So uh, it looks like the Tigers have are, are weighing the pros and cons here uh, that they're not going to get what they think they should in a trade, and they're they're very leery of a long term extension to a pitcher when they already have two pitchers locked down. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's, it's a fine line to walk at this point because you don't know what you can get in exchange, you know, for Max Scherzer in trade. Um, like John was saying, you don't say no right out of the gate because you don't know what you can get in return from him. I'm sure that if, you know, this is kind of just pipe dreaming, but I'm sure if the White Sox, for example, were to say, okay, we'll give you, uh, you know, Chris Sale mm-hmm. plus, plus a third baseman or something like that, you know, we might be more open to saying, yeah, okay, fine, do the trade. Um, generally speaking, though, you know, I don't, I don't think you want to get rid of a Cy Young winner. The, the thing with the Tigers, of course, is that we've got like three of them. Yeah. You know, so it's not as big of a concern. Um, but the time is running out, I think, too, um, in terms of them being able to negotiate a reasonable contract. You know, I think if they let that run out and he becomes a free agent, it, it becomes a little more difficult. Yeah, Kurt, is it unreasonable to expect the Tigers to essentially have four players on the contract for $100 million if they, if the, as, as everybody wants them to do? And that's extend Scherzer and Cabrera. Definitely, you know, and I I brought this up uh, before. And it it goes like this: the the Tigers will have to commit about seventy million dollars for three rotation pieces if if they sign Scherzer to an extension. Those three pieces are all aging. You're not getting any surplus value because you're getting what they would get on the free agent market is what you're paying them. So you're not getting a lot of value there. Uh, and you're not leaving yourself a lot of money to take care of everything else you have to do, mm-hmm. which is a lot because the farm system isn't real good. So it it makes it really hard. It really, you know, it's it's nice to say, hey, we've got a great rotation. We'll just fill in the rest. It it, it makes it really hard when you've got so much money invested in, in such, such a small amount of players. And I said that's why they 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 brought in a guy like Robbie Ray. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think I think the idea here is that Robbie Ray will step in and be Fister like, or I mean Scherzer like in, in in the future as a left hander. But he's a hard thrower. He gets a lot of strikeouts. He's the kind of guy that Dave Dombrowski likes. Reminds me, you know, just statistically. I don't want to be making an ass out of myself and sound like a scout because I'm not. But you know, statistically, he, he's got some Scherzer things going on. So. It, you save a lot of money by going that direction. So that that's what I think they're going to do. But, I mean, they, they could prove me wrong. Yeah, it's pretty obvious, Kurt, that the Tigers do need a couple of their young starters, specifically Smiley and Ray, probably Ray a little bit down the line. Uh, they need to step up because they need some cost-controlled players uh, to help level off the payroll somewhat because right now they really don't seem to have a lot of Low, you know, guys who are underpaid and overperforming. I guess you're hoping that, say, Smiley, maybe Ray, Nick Castellanos can do that. Yeah, that's that's exactly what you need because you know that teams with no money, like say the Rays or whatever, they have to build almost entirely cost control, and it's difficult. Teams like you know the Yankees or whatever, you could spend a lot of money. The Tigers are more like the Yankees than the Rays. But it's not unlimited. They they do need a mixture of cost controlled and, and stars. And right now, uh, you know, inking too many people is going to spur that up, and it's going to make their job that much harder at winning. So it, it it doesn't make sense to me. All right, and one more question, Kurt, before I kind of go around the uh, horn again. 
any explanation? You're a former journalist, obviously, uh, a newspaper man. You're an ink-stained wretch. Any explanation for the uh, for today's uh, contradictory reports from two different legitimate writers? Eh, you know, it's it's winter meetings. People talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the question is, who's talking? That's the question, all yes. right, because they're not telling. So you know, mm-hmm. that that's that that's just the kind of thing that goes on, you know, mm-hmm. and. And I've said this before about the Tigers. Somehow Dave Dombrowski can say two exactly opposite things while not lying about either. Yeah, or he can say one thing and two writers take it, take completely different references out of it. That would be what happened. Uh, John, uh, we've kind of talked about this, but I haven't gotten your opinion on this. Uh, do you think the Tigers have reached the limits of their payroll and this is, these are the consequences of that? Well, I don't know about that. I, I think they... Uh, the luxury tax is obviously where people talk. I mean, it's $189 million. They've not really approached that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're at one, one in the 150s right now. So they have a little bit of leeway. Um, it's only an onerous tax if, you go, if you're a repeater. Yeah. Uh, I think the first year it's like 17%, and it jumps to, I forget, like 35%, and then 50%. Um, so if they went up above it one year, I mean, that's really Mike Gillich's call. I mean, he certainly has the, the fortune to do it. Uh, if he wants to get the players, he can get the players. Mm. I really hope they do one, they really commit one way or the other. Either they are going to commit to paying their guys and dealing with the ramifications later and having to deal off players uh, down the line, but they're going to get the best talent now and keep the core together. They're going to sell off pieces and prepare with a younger roster. Uh, you know, back in '09, I really think they. If, you know, but just by looking at it, they felt that that team had run its course. I mean, mm-hmm. they lost in game 163, and I think that was about as good as that core was ever going to do uh, as a unit. So they committed to a plan. I mean, they let Polanco go. They made the big Granderson trade, brought in young talent, and they set a new course. So I'm hopeful that what we're seeing, you know, with, with uh, cutting the future salary commitments to some players, uh, that they are resetting it. Um, but it's really incomplete right now. You know, they've they've saved the money. It looks like unless they make a big expenditure coming up. Uh, but they haven't brought in a whole lot of premium young talent yet. Yeah. Uh, so it really the next. I really think you know we've just seen the beginning. It's the next couple steps are really going to tell us where this where Dombrowski has this team going. Yeah, and and that's a good point in that uh, it's Dombrowski may see that uh, payroll iceberg ahead and he's trying to steer the ship around it. And, or as you said, maybe they're starting to feel that this team has topped out in some way and they need to do not a rebuild, but maybe a reload, so to speak. Uh, hook slide. Uh, you think the Tigers, uh, the smart move for the Tigers is just to let this play out as uh way it's starting to look and that let's just play the year with Scherzer Let's not trade them, and then we'll throw the, let the cards fall as they may next off season. Yeah, at this point, I think that's the that's the move to make. See how he does, you know, in the coming year. I mean, I honestly, I look at the last couple of years of his performance and say he's not getting worse; he's getting better mm-hmm. with every passing year. So I, I don't anticipate that he's going to suddenly fall off a cliff or get you know throw his arm out this next year. But I say, yeah, let that play out. Maybe uh, midway through the year, start talking about the extension. All right. Well, I'll, I'll ask everybody this. And Kurt, is this how it's going to play out? You think that the Tigers just wait till next off season and we'll see what happens? Yep. Uh, John, you feel the same way? Yeah, I think uh, easiest solution is they ride it out with Scherzer this year and contend with him. 
All right. It sounds like uh, we're all in agreement. That's the plan. They're going to contend. And I think people are still forgetting that. This is still a team that's going to contend no matter, you know, even if they stop right now. But we're not going to stop because we got to talk about the bullpen, I'm sure. And, and I found this hilarious last night just because, uh, well, the rumors started to swirl around Jabba Chamberlain, not Joba. Uh, Ken Rosenthal reported the Tigers are one of the few teams with, quote-unquote, varying levels of interest in the former Yankees wunderkind. Uh, the Tigers fan base, though, proceeded to recoil in horror at the thought of Chamberlain joining the Tigers. Now, this is all despite, you know, he would be a very, I think he'd be a solid signing. It's a possible low-risk, high-reward, probably relatively cheap deal you could get on a guy coming off a career-worst year, but has a history of having elite stuff. Uh, and also, Tim Brown of Yahoo is now saying the Tigers are starting to look like a, a likely landing spot for Chamberlain. I'll serve you on this, Kurt. Don't you think the reaction to Chamberlain coming to Detroit is a little unwarranted? You know, I, I keep self-referencing, but I wrote a lot, and it keeps coming up. I, I, I mentioned Joba as one of the players who might make sense for the Tigers to sign for their bullpen, and, and that, that was my column like two weeks ago. And I, I can only imagine what the comment section must have looked like after that. I didn't look, but mm-hmm. I thought it would make sense because, like you said, he's coming off a bad year. If he gets his walk rate back down, he's, he, he can be a spectacular addition, uh, and it won't cost much. Now, people think he's a douche. That's why they don't want him. Right. But, you know, there's probably more than just one douche out there. Yeah, and probably more than one douche on the Tigers, for that matter. We just don't know. Exactly. Probably got more than one in our little group right here. <laughs> I know at least one. <laughs> Shut up, Kurt. <laughs> you just spoke up. What's your thoughts on Joba to the Tigers, if it happens? Well, you know, I think you look back at our old friend Fernando Rodney, and uh, you look at the dire straits his career was in when he left Los Angeles, the Angels. He, I think he had a season with a 5-plus ERA, and mm-hmm. he walked one more guy than he struck out for the season. Then he signs a cheap deal in Tampa. They move him to the other side of the mound, and he has one of the greatest bullpen seasons in baseball history. So it doesn't take much, um, you know, to make a couple tweaks as long as Joe Chamberlain, as long as he's healthy and can throw hard. We're talking about getting a, a 50 or 60 inning sample out of him where he happens to throw pretty well. That's really not that hard. You know, relievers are volatile. They go all over the place. So if you told me that he came here for 60 innings next year and had a, you know, 3.1 ERA, that wouldn't shock me in the slightest. Yeah. All you need is one little tweak and a little bit of luck, and there you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, hook slide. Uh, Joba, any thoughts on him coming? Because I, I, I think we're, so far we're all in agreement that uh, he may not be the nicest guy. He has an awful mustache, and uh, it is a risk, but this would be, I think, it would be a good risk on the Tigers' part. Well, I have an awful mustache, but that doesn't mean anything about my ability to pitch. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's Java, not Joba. I can see it. I knew I was going to slip into that. We got it. We got it. We got to present the united front here. Yes. No. Uh, I'll, I'll be the voice of dissent then, I guess, because I don't like his numbers um, long term. And, you know, the whip is too high and the walk per nine is too high and the ERA is too high. And then there's the history with the injuries and, I mean, obviously, you don't know what next year brings. You know, as John pointed out, he could be another Rodney and come back and just blow us all away. But I am probably a little – I'm, I'm kind of gun-shy, I guess, in terms of let's roll the dice in the bullpen because it feels like that's what all of last year was about. 
and I don't really want to see another guy there that, you know, he comes to the mound and you're just not sure what you're going to get. Yeah, but it's looking more and That's more. Every there's, a lot of smoke, there's a lot of smoke fire thing going on here because I'm seeing more and more on Twitter about Chamberlain heading to Detroit. Uh, anything you wanted to add about that, Kurt? Yeah, so that's every bullpen. That's what you're hoping for is to look at look at the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's what they did. Yeah, that's that's your goal is to get a really good bullpen for not much money, and that's the way you do it. You know, you can pay seventy eight million dollars and and still come up with somebody who doesn't do anything for you. So you 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 pay okay. pay low and and hope for the best. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the, we just talked the other day about the fact that there are other relievers on the market who maybe want to pitch themselves as closers that aren't going to make the job, like Joaquin Benoit. And I guess I'm looking at it from that angle and saying, if you can get someone like Benoit, who's a known commodity, then what is the point of spending the money on a, on a risk? Well, the risk is going to cost you, what, a million dollars, maybe two, and Benoit's going to cost you six or seven. Probably more than that, if you ask me. So, uh, and John, go ahead. What, what did you have to say? Well, I just think that you know, I, I think you can do a little bit, a little bit of both. I think they could probably uh, pop for one more decent reliever, but then I think you play the numbers game and sign a couple of bets who are at a rocky point in their career, and you, you know, you trust in the volatility of relievers that one of them might give you that fifty or sixty good innings. And I think that bullpens are so fluid. I mean, it's, I think you build your bullpen. I don't think you build it for next fall. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think you build your bullpen. Your April bullpen is very seldom your September bullpen. I mean, it just changes so much. I mean, you look at Boston last year. Look at Detroit. Look at, you know, I think every team that made the, both of the league championship series are on their third or fourth closer for the year. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just think you play the numbers game. I think you find some guys who you think throw hard and have the skills that you want, and you throw them in there, and you, you let your manager sort it out over six months. Yeah, uh, I, I just brings to mind uh, when the Tigers signed Al Albuquerque, a completely unheralded signing. He had bounced around from uh, organization to organization, had some awful-looking numbers, and then had a huge season for the Tigers a couple years ago. Say what you will about what he's done since, but before he got injured and you know, by that line drive, the kid was lights out and literally came out of nowhere. So those are the kind of guys that you need in a bullpen to step up their game, and hopefully maybe Chamberlain's that guy. Uh all right, anything else anybody wants to say about Chamberlain before we move on? I take that's a no. So let's move on to, well, we got to at least touch on the Matt Kemp rumors. Uh, the usual suspects, guys, John Paul Morosi and Ken Rosenthal, are reporting the Tigers are one of several teams to inquire on the availability of the two-time All-Star and the center fielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Kemp is a really a top 10 kind of talent in Major League Baseball. The issues are he's coming off two injury-filled seasons, and he's owed over $120 million over, I believe, the next six years. But in today's market, that starts looking pretty darn reasonable when you see guys of lesser talent getting more money than Matt Kemp. Uh, Kurt, is this just one of those, the Tigers did their due diligence, they made a call to the Dodgers and say, what's it going to take? Yeah, I mean, I... Well, I, I've said before that I, I don't think it's possible for the Tigers to get Matt Kemp, but I also said that about several other players, yeah. and they became Tigers. So I have I lack in confidence in anything I think anymore. <laughs> you don't know what's that one on anymore. He's confused. Uh, uh, John, uh, Matt Kemp, uh, is this just due diligence stuff? Well, probably, but, you know, pros and cons. I mean, the pros, you know, in 2011 – He's probably one of the ten best players in baseball. 
Um, he's not even 30 years old yet. That's a pro. And right. then you got two two massive cons. I mean, he's recovering from ankle surgery and he's got a bum shoulder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if he was a pitcher, I would say no chance. But he's a position player uh, and he's a really, really premium talent. So I think you have to investigate that. You know, due diligence is the least you have to do. Right. I think you got to go as far down the road as possible because if that shoulder, they say the ankle is minor. Right. If that shoulder is healthy, you have a middle-of-the-order presence to stick behind Miguel Cabrera, and wow, do we got an offense going. You know? yeah. uh, so, you know, do they have to get a third team involved if they move Austin Jackson? Because, you know, I think the Dodgers are moving Kemp because they have too many outfielders, so they don't want Austin Jackson probably. Uh, it, it's, it would be a complicated deal most likely, so that probably right there makes it uh, unlikely to happen. But Dave Dombrowski has set up some very complicated deals in the past <laughs> and yeah. he's made it work. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it really, I think it boils down to maybe what the Tigers medical staff, uh, what they're telling Dombrowski. I mean, you know, how do they think that shoulder is going to be? How do they think that ankle is going to be? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it, no, it's, it's a drool worthy thought because uh, if healthy Kemp's a legit MVP candidate and when you look at his contract, it only runs through his age 34 season, which, really seems um, in today's market, I won't call it a steal, but it's livable compared to some these deals that are running to age 40. Uh, hook slide, when it comes to Kemp, uh, I mean, the, the thought of Kemp with the Tigers is awesome. I, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm on John here is that the, the, the question is, it really doesn't feel like the Tigers have enough ammo to get this guy unless the deal starts getting really complicated with multiple teams. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. When we talked about this the other day, that you know, I don't think that the Tigers necessarily have anything that a they can afford to give away at this point, mm-hmm. or b that the Dodgers are even interested in in terms of that trade. But we know what Dombrowski is capable of doing when he gets out that Rubik's cube that's how the player faces on it in teams. He starts twisting that thing around, and you know, suddenly, wow, that look what just happened. So it's it's uh, something that could be done, but it's it raises for me a lot of questions. It makes it very complicated. You start to think, you know, okay, so if, if Kemp comes on board, uh, does that mean that Austin Jackson is, is going to you know lose his place as the starter, or is mm-hmm. uh, Kemp there to kind of back up Tory Hunter, who is I think he's due to fall apart this year. Yeah. So <laughs> Kemp out there, I don't know, but it, just, it raises a lot of questions. I mm-hmm. guess practical questions, but. Yeah, why not? You know, I'd love to have a guy like that in the lineup because yeah. the offense could uh, use a little little kick in the pants right now. Yeah, definitely. There's still uh, there's a lot of offense that they've lost this past off season, and uh, they, you know, it's it's going to be hard to get. They could use a, a impact bat somewhere, and that that could bat fourth or fifth or third and move Cabrera down. Regardless, this does seem like a long shot at best. And once again, these are the kind of things we hear uh, during winter meetings and why we're doing this. Uh, okay, uh, if you have any questions for us, we're going to get those in a couple of minutes. Uh, please use the hashtag BYBPod on Twitter. And you can also give us a call, 914-338-1798. Uh, Kurt, let me ask you this. Uh, the bullpen is obviously a work in progress, but there was talk last night that when it comes to the position players, after the signing of um, Rajai Davis, the Tigers are pretty much done when it comes to their everyday lineup. Uh, do you believe that or not? They ought to be. Yeah, I believe it. Well, so this looks set to you, in other words. You think that as things, unless something, uh, a meteor-like move comes out of the blue, this is at least this is what we're going to see on the field uh, on opening day. Pretty close, yeah. Uh, Do you agree with that, John? 
I hope not. Um, again, I, I think this lineup is looking pretty power deficient. Um, I think they're going to score some runs, which is fine, but I, I think that they need more. And I don't think that a little tiny $10 million commitment to a platoon guy who's going to bat, you know, 250 times, mm-hmm. uh, Rajay Davis, I, I don't think that's enough to say, oh, yeah, we're done. We're not looking to get better. I think they have to look to get better. I think that, you know, they've started down the process of uh, retooling this roster a bit. Um, to me, depending what's out there, they shouldn't be done. I think that they need to keep taking the next step. Uh, again, and I think the next couple steps that Dombrowski makes to really tell us where this uh, roster is going long term. Pokeslide, uh, how about you? Uh, do you think the the lineup is still maybe a work in progress, or Dave Dombrowski is kind of close the door on upgrading his uh, one through nine. And, well, yeah, yeah, his starting lineup. I agree with both Kurt and John. <laughs> I I think he's probably done, barring some weird miracle, you know, that somehow, like we were talking about Kemp, you know, someone like that coming. I think he's done. Um, but like John said, I, I really hope not because they still have some, some uh, space to make up there because I think in just about every statistical category, offensively speaking, they're quite a bit behind where they were in 2013, and that's that does not bode well. I mean, yes, they're going to score runs, but uh, I'm not willing to say it's going to be enough runs to to make them a lock for the Central. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, I tend to fall in that in that place too, unless something falls into their laps or they hear some scuttlebutt that there's a player that is actually reachable with some of the prospects or uh, major league players they have willing to deal. And I don't think there's very many. Uh, I think this is what we're going to see. And, and yeah, honestly, I, it's a good lineup. It's just, I mean, man, I wish they had more power. But And I have a feeling we're going to be seeing that a lot come July, which then means uh, that we'll get to talk about this again at the trade deadline when the Tigers are looking for that powerful bat that uh, we're yelling for now. All right. Uh, I think we'll start, well, start winding down the podcast, so let's get to the questions. Again, if you have a question for us, so use the hashtag BYBpod on Twitter. All right, first off, guys, let's go around the horn here. Uh, what do you expect from the rotation with the improved defense? This is from Tom, uh, from TB, at Tom B on Twitter. Uh, Kurt, I'll start with you. Do you expect the rotation to be improved because of the defense? Yeah, actually, I, I do think the rotation is going to put up a little better stuff. And and two things, the two things we have to remember uh, – it might not be the, the the same figures that they put up last year because there's no guarantee that the rotation completely unchanged could have, could keep those numbers. So I, I think it could be a better rotation while looking a little bit worse. But uh, overall, I think it, it actually with that defense is going to be better. Yeah, uh, Pokeslide, what about you? Uh, do you expect uh, more from the rotation uh, with the improved defense? Because there is room for regression there considering two of their starters had career seasons. There is, but uh, no, I mean, with, with the defense up the way it is, I think you get a lot better in the rotation. I know there's some of those pitchers like I think Verlander and maybe Scherzer. I'd have to look at the numbers. I think those two in particular aren't necessarily um, ground ball pitchers, mm-hmm. you know, as so much as they are kind of fly ball and strikeout pitchers. But um, for the rest of the rotation, yeah, this is a, this is a huge upgrade, and uh, they get better. Yeah, it's uh... – uh, there, there, yeah, you're right. There's a couple pitchers there, specifically Rick Porcello, who's probably jumping up and down at the thought of having this defense behind him this year. Uh, John, what's your thoughts? Uh, what do you expect from rotation with the improved uh, overall defense on this team? 
Yeah, it looks like I kind of started down the road. I was about to go on. You know, Fister was probably the one guy besides Porcello who was going to get the biggest uh, improvement, mm-hmm. <laughs> the biggest help from the better defense, and he's gone, and that's fine. Uh, so certainly, though, an improved defense is going to help all pitchers. You know, it's going to raise all votes or whatever you want to call it. Um, I still wonder, you know, how many other starters are going to take starts this year because I, you know, you're taking Doug Fister's 208 innings away, and you're putting in Drew Smiley, who's never pitched more than 125 in his professional career in any one inning, or any one season, excuse me. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, they got their top five, but I really think there's going to be a starters number six and seven taking starts too. So um, so if you've got a few lesser pitchers out there, having a better defense can only help them out. Yeah. All right, next question is from the angry young man of Bless You Boys, and that would be BYB Rob. Uh, at Detroit for Life, Rob. Uh, would you trade Miggy for any player in baseball, Kurt? You know, when, when you when you bring up that and Mike Trout, you you really have to start to think about it. Uh, how about you, John? Oh, you make Mike Trout for uh, Miguel Cabrera. You make that trade all day, every day, every day that ends in Y. Yep. Hook slide. Rob is trolling us, and he wants us to say Mike Trout so that everybody gets mad. <laughs> I am going to pass on the question. I, I'll trade the Miggy for Doug Pister. <laughs> yeah, big hey, I'll tell you what. Yeah, go ahead. I would, uh, I would throw Bryce Harper into that conversation. I would make, I would think about it long and hard. I wouldn't jump in like I would for Mike Trout, but I would think about Bryce Harper at you know age twenty mm-hmm. and what he's capable of uh, versus uh, Miguel Cabrera entering his thirties with only two years left on his deal. I think you got to think about that too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's a really good point, and I would, I would definitely make the Mike Trout trade as well. Just he's so damn young; he's putting up very similar numbers. The only issue is, is that he's going to essentially get, uh, he's going to have a net worth of Bill Gates when his contract comes due in a couple of years. So that's the only scary part with Trout. All right, Rob's done. The problem now, of course, is everybody's going to say we said Mickey sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which, which we don't think that. Which was what Rob was hoping for. So, uh, all right. Um, and uh, We have uh, Robert Tomlinson. Thoughts on the three-way trade yesterday between Arizona, Chicago, White Sox, and the Angels? Uh, uh, I really don't have a lot of ex- – I don't think this is a doesn't really get me fired up much of a way. Uh, John, do you have any thoughts on this deal? Yeah, I think the White Sox and the Angels did pretty well. I think, you know, the White Sox, they, you know, they were so bad last year, they had to shake up their lineup, so they get a young center fielder uh, who could be a part of their lineup for a long time, so, you know, Adam Eaton. You know, we don't know if he's going to be good, but he's got the chance to be very good, and I think they need to take chances like that. And everything I heard last year about that Santiago guy that they traded, you know, he was pretty good, but nobody really believes he's any more than a five-inning pitcher. So you you trade him while maybe he's at his highest value, and you get a guy you can plug into your lineup for a long time. I think that's pretty good. All right, I think we got that question covered. So there we, there you go. All right, uh, a quick question from Tom. With uh, Tuiasa Sopo gone, guys, who will have the most lengthy hair? Kurt. Alex Avila's beard. <laughs> Hook slide. Brad Osmus. Ooh, and uh, uh, John? Wow. I'm not a big hair guy. Uh Probably some – maybe they'll find John Axford and he'll grow a really long mustache. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen John's photo. He isn't the big hair guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just say – oh, God. I'm, uh, no, I'm not even going to go there. So let's just move on to uh, a little more serious question from uh, 
from a regular questioner at this point, Jonathan Selden. Uh, how would you uh, round out the bullpen realistically if you were to GM on the Tigers? And Kurt, he says realistically. That's his emphasis. Prayer. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, it's, actually, that sounds like a good plan as any. Uh, hook slide. <laughs> I can't. Oh my God! Seriously, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm still holding out hope that they pick up a, uh, a you know, failed would be closer like Benoit. Yeah. And um, John, how about you? Uh, I'm totally on board with Benoit. Uh, but again, play the numbers game. Go with guys. Uh, Chamberlain's fine. Uh, that Matt Albers rumor from last week. That's fine. He's got some decent numbers. I'll tell you one lefty I like um, that I never that got gave away for a song last year and still pitched well at the deadline was uh, Scott Downs, mm-hmm. left-hander, old guy, crafty, you know all the other all the cliches that go along with being a soft-tossing lefty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But he just keeps going along and getting guys out. And he's out there on the market. So in other words, guys, I think we're fairly much in agreement, save for a possible failed closer as brought up like Benoit. Let's just look for underrated guys who are cheap. I think that would be, and that's probably going to be the Tigers' plan. Well, I'm, this bullpen will probably be a work in progress well into January as the free agent market starts to thin out a little bit. All right, we got one more question before we call it a show, and this is from Benny Mac with two C's. That's Big Mac nine two one one on Twitter. Would you put Jabba or Bruce Rondon as a setup man if we're able to sign Chamberlain, Kurt? Rondon, as long as he's healthy. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, really. We can't be assured both of them are going to stay healthy at this point. Uh, Hookslide, how about you? Right, whichever one's healthy at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, if they're if they're both healthy, then I, I would go with Rondon and, and leave Chamberlain for you know cleanup duty or middle relief. Yeah, and how about you, John? Yeah, Rondon gets first shot. I'm mean, obviously he's the big talent. He's got the triple digit heater, and you know you're signing Jabba as death. You kind of put him in in some situations where you need a guy in the sixth seventh inning and. If he keeps getting better, then you keep giving him more responsibility. Yeah, I'm with you guys. It's Rondon all the way as long as he remains healthy. Uh, and John just pretty much nailed it. Chamberlain is being looked at as as death, maybe a guy who can step up in that sixth or seventh inning. If you, anything you get out of him, uh, if you if the Tigers do sign him in the later innings, is pure bonus at this point. But but they need some guys who can you know take those middle innings. Maybe Chobo, J- Jabba Chamberlain's that guy. All right, let's wrap up this podcast. I know uh, I've seen Kurt's to-do list, and it says I need to take a nap one through one through ten on there. So let's wrap up the show. So, uh, Hook Slide, where can they find you online? On Twitter, uh, Hook Slide BYB. How about you, John? Uper underscore Iowa or Iowa IA? Excuse me, Uper underscore IA. And uh, Kurt. Sleeping. <laughs> uh, he is at BYB Kurt on Twitter as well. And of course, uh, he's pr- usually behind uh, at Bless You Boys as well, even though I uh, run it sometimes and some of the other guys on the site as well. But it's usually Kurt running the show behind at Bless You Boys. All right, guys, I really appreciate your time. And we only got one more of these to do because the winter meetings end tomorrow. So. I know Hopefully. you're geeked up for the Rule 5 draft, right? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. You, yeah uh, the three of us are so into those, uh, that prospect talk. So, but <laughs> Now I'm really sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be right. drunk for tomorrow's show just to make it interesting. That sounds like a plan. All right, so until this time tomorrow uh, when we get to talk about the Rule 5 draft and hopefully more contradictory rumors involving the Tigers, 
This is Al Beaton saying good afternoon, along with John Urkula. You get to say goodbye now. Yes, sir. Oh, adios. Adios. Along with Hookside. Jabba, Jabba, Jabba. <laughs> and Sleepy Kurt mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have... I, I'm not sure if that is Shemp or Curly, but we'll have one of those two woke, woke up in time for the next Bless You Boys podcast.